awesome. Thank you, band. How awesome is it to be here on the first day of the year? Yeah. Place to be. Start, start the year in the right frame of mind. Get ourselves switched on for what is to come. I mean, it's all psychological really, isn't it? <laughs> it's really just a continuation. But, you know, the first day of the year, we need to start, you know, and God's really been speaking to me about that, you know, is about getting our mind right, dwelling on the right things, dwelling on the right voices, Think about the voices that are in your life right now. Who are the voices that you listen to? What are the things that you read? What are the things that you focus on? Now's time to really narrow down those voices, to narrow down the things that you're reading, that you are, that you are encouraging yourself in the Word, that you're encouraging yourself around faithful people. They're going to speak life and hope into you and not negativity, that we're not focusing too much on what man thinks about you or about others. And we need to press forward. So we're starting the year off, we really felt that we needed to just encourage each other to keep pressing forward, pressing forward. Because we are all in a race. Paul talks about the Christian life as being a race. And the only way you can win a race, right, is to go forward. <laughs> Unless you've seen Monty Python's race where they all, the race for people with no direction and they're all going in different. But you're not actually going to get very far, are you, if, if you do that. So... We know that to win the race, we've actually got to go forward. And we go forward to Jesus. We go forward to Him. We run to Him. He needs to be our focus. That is who we're running for. And today I've labelled um, the, the title of this, No Excuses. No excuses. So <clears throat> we can talk ourselves out of a lot of things, can't we? Right? Because generally, <clears throat> excuse me, we can be quite lazy. And, um, and you know, all those New Year's resolutions about I'm going to run a certain amount, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to lose weight and all those things. And uh, we always have this running joke in our family because, uh, you know, you find that the gym's normally full for the first couple of weeks of the year and then normally by February you have it all to yourself again. <laughs> um, if you're a gym person, which we are, it's like awesome because, um, yeah, then you've got space again to move. But it's sad really because people start off with good intentions, right? And um, I was talking to someone the other day about this, and I said, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's all about the finish. 
You have to keep running in order to win the prize. The prize is not of participation. I hate to tell you this. Unfortunately, kids that were brought up in this culture, the prize is not for participation. You only get it if you complete the race. It's all in the finish. So do not worry about how you start off. It doesn't matter. Where you've come from, where you've been, your family background, whatever it is, nothing discounts you. Only yourself can discount you, right? And that's what my, why my message is called No Excuses. Because we can compare ourselves to others and we can give ourselves every excuse under the sun as to why we can't make it and why we can't complete tasks. Do you know people like that? They start something and they never finish it and then they start another project and they never finish that either. <laughs> let's make a, let's make a um, commitment for the one thing that we do in our life is to finish at the race of faith even if you don't finish some of those other projects, because that's the one thing that you're going to be judged on. So we're going to read from Philippians 13, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And what I love about the Apostle Paul, it's not about how he started, but it's how he finished. My brothers, I do not count myself to have taken possession, but one thing I do forgetting the things behind and reaching forward to the things before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So the Apostle Paul, one of the things that really stands out to me here, firstly, if you want to press forward in your life, like the Apostle Paul, you have to forget the things behind. How many people that I have met over my life that go over and over and over their past and they never let Jesus heal their past? Absolutely, you need to face your past and you need to allow the power of the Holy Spirit heal your past. But then you don't live out of your past, you move on to the future that Jesus has for you, right? Because your life has changed. You've left the old life behind. Do you think that the Apostle Paul suddenly had amnesia? Is that what he's saying? God has blanked out my mind. I can't remember what I did in my past. It'd be pretty hard to forget, right? Because as we know, the Apostle Paul was Saul and he was persecuting Christians. He was hauling them before um, the judges and he was persecuting them. He was at the stoning of Stephen, a prominent Christian at that time. So Paul had a pretty shocking past. I don't know if any of you here have done any of that stuff. Like, does anyone say that they persecuted some Christians and hauled them in front of people and saw someone stoned to death? I think, don't think any of you probably. So therefore, there is no excuse, right, for us. If Paul can leave his past behind, so can we. So can we. So Paul understood 
that he had to leave that shocking past behind that must have haunted him, let's face it, to know that you had been responsible for killing people on behalf of something that he was so zealous and passionate about. His dad was a Pharisee. He also became a Pharisee. So we have to let go of the past, otherwise we drag it around with us. What do you do when you run a race? The Olympians basically strip down to the most aerodynamic materials and things that they possibly can. They have the lightest shoes, the lightest clothing, the lightest they can be physically, and they don't carry anything heavy so that they can actually run. That's exactly what we need to do. We need to strip off the weight of disappointment, of failure, of insecurity, of sin, all those things that are holding us back this morning. We need to dump it and forget about it and move on, as Paul says here, forgetting the things behind and reaching ahead for what God has for us, which is way greater than we could ever imagine. Way greater. Everyone here has made mistakes in their life, right? We've all made mistakes. And we can live in regret. I know that there's many things in my own life that I wish I hadn't done, that I wish I'd made a different decision or what have you. We all have those things, but we have to let them go. We have to give them to God because the enemy loves nothing more than to remind you of your past. He loves nothing more than to keep you down in this small place, in this small place, whereas Jesus is saying, look up. Look up at me. Look at what I can do in your life if you can look at me. That is why he has come to give us new life. Jesus didn't come just to add a few extras to our life. No, he came to completely transform it, to completely transform your life into a new person. You're not just an improved person. If you've asked Jesus into your life, you are completely new, completely new. Your old you has been replaced. That's good news. That's good news. We've got to leave the mistakes, we've got to leave the regrets, and we've got to live for what God has called us to. What has he called you to? What is he asking you to do? You know, Saul thought he was doing all the right things. He thought he was being zealous for God. He thought, you know, he was doing a good thing. And then he was arrested on the road to Damascus. Let's read in Acts 9.1. It says, And still, still breathing out threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked... 
letters from him to Damascus, to the synagogues, so that if he found any of the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. But in going it happened, as he drew near to Damascus, even suddenly a light from the heaven shone around him. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you shall be told what you must do. Saul was doing his own thing. And he thought it was pretty good. Until the light of God arrested him in that moment and said, No, you're actually persecuting me. And he said, what do you want me to do? That's what each one of us should should say to God at our moment of transformation, at that moment when each one of us had that encounter, probably not as dramatic as that, but maybe as dramatic as that. What, God, do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? So Saul became Paul and he immediately left his old life behind. He left it behind. He could have dwelled on all the awful things that he had done. He could have stayed in that place and said, why did you call me God? I'm not worthy. I can't do this. No one's going to accept me. But he did what he was called to do. Then in Acts 9.17, it says, And Ananias went and entered into the house. So Paul was for days without sight, and he was told in a dream that a man would visit him and pray for him. And this man was Ananias. And Ananias went and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you in the way in which you came has sent me to you, that you might see and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly scales, as it were, fell from his eyes, and he instantly saw again. And rising up, he was baptised. So the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him and he was immediately empowered to do the will of God. Each one of us needs to run in the strength of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, because we can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We can't do it in our own flesh. We have limited flesh. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can keep going because it is the Holy Spirit within us that strengthens us from the inside out, that gives us the power that we need to run the race and to fulfill the call that God has for you. You can never achieve what God has called you to without his presence in your life. You will not make it 
you will burn out. You'll burn out and not make it because you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Is your sustenance, is your sustenance that keeps you going when you think you can't keep going. So what has held you back this morning from going forward? What is it in your life that has kept you stuck in the place that the enemy wants to keep you? Where is it that you know that God is calling you? He's calling you forward and he's saying, leave your past behind this morning. If you haven't done it before, start this year leaving that stuff behind, throwing it off, throwing that weight off you. Don't carry that weight around anymore. Refuse to carry it. Refuse to carry it anymore. Throw it off. Or as Taylor Swift would say, shake it off. (laughs) Shake it off. You know, I've had lots of disappointments in my life, lots of failures in my life. You've got to just move on. You cannot live out of that place of disappointment, the way that you thought things would happen. And I can truly say that God will turn that disappointment into his victory because it's his victory. It's not supposed to be your victory. It's supposed to be his victory. And that's why we need to remind ourselves this morning, who are we running for? Are we running our race for the applause of others? Are we running our race to be approved of by people? Or are we running our race for the approval of one, for the audience of one, for what he has called us to? Keep running for him. Leave the past behind. Make a decision. It's only by your decision that you can do that. It's only by your choice that you can do that. You can choose to carry your baggage into the next year, absolutely. Or you can choose to throw it off and run a lot lighter and a lot stronger. Think about if Paul had not left his past behind, we wouldn't have half the New Testament. We wouldn't have half the Gospels spread into the regions of the Gentiles. Can you imagine? I mean, of course God would have called someone else because he always does. But wow, what would have happened? What would happen right now if you fulfilled the, the call that God has for you? instead of making excuses? What could be the result in your life and in the lives of others? It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, so that if anyone is in Christ, that one is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. Our God makes all things new, as I said before. He doesn't just revamp it. He doesn't just add to it. He makes you a completely new person so that you operate out of his strength with his gifts. Paul knew that he was a new creation. He understood that. He understood 
that he was completely changed. So he was able to just say goodbye to the old life. And no matter what people said, he was able to step into the new life that God had for him. So it says here that he was stretching out for the things before. What are the things that we should be stretching out for? What are the things that we should be stretching out for? God's been speaking to me a bit about that this morning and reminding me that everything is about him. So the goal, the ultimate goal, the ultimate that we are stretching out for is to become more like Christ, is to become more like him. We may have many goals in our life that we want to achieve. That's a sideline. We won't achieve any of them without becoming more like Christ. So we are actually reaching out for Christ. We're actually reaching out to be transformed into his likeness. Because if we get to the end of our life and we've achieved a whole list of stuff, but we haven't become more like Christ, then we haven't actually made it. Because the goal is to become more like him. And in the becoming more like him, we will actually achieve the things that he's called us to. But the number one priority is to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. So each year we should see a transformation happening in our race. We should be running differently. We should be running more like Christ and less like us. More like him and less like us. We can have all sorts of success in life and we can get all sort of, sorts of accolades here on earth, but it will pale into comparison with the accolades of heaven. That is what you are reaching towards. You are reaching towards what God has for you. You're reaching towards Christ. You are running towards him. We need to remind ourselves what is important. We are stretching out for the things that he has called us to. Keep running forward to him. Keep listening for his voice. There'll be lots of voices on the sidelines yelling at you which direction you should go. You need to keep your eyes straight ahead. Look to him. Don't get distracted by the voices. The other thing, the other picture that God gave me this morning was the race that we're running right now, each one of you is running a race that God has specifically for you. And in the race, we call it a race, but it's actually not competitive. We're actually not competing against each other. So we're not supposed to be jostling each other and tripping each other up and doing any of that stuff because the race is between us and God and we're running together. And we need to encourage one another. And we all have different races and we all have different capacities. But we're all headed to the same finish line. So the objective is not to take each other out and win, right? <laughs> the winning is you getting to the finish line, is each other. And actually encouraging each other to the finish line. Because it's a team race. 
Jesus is coming back for the church, his bride, a team of people, not individuals. So we need to keep running and we need to know who we're running for and why we're running. What is your purpose here? As I said before, as we become more like Christ, then you will fulfil your purpose naturally because in becoming more like Christ, he will speak to you in that. Don't try to run someone else's race and don't be envious of their calling. Fulfill the one that God has for you. Get in the race. In Acts 9.26, talks about Paul and how people doubted his conversion. And it says here, And arriving in Jerusalem, Saul attempted to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and told them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had spoken boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus. I mean, I don't blame them, right? (laughs) One minute he was persecuting Christians, the next minute he was joining them. I mean, you would have thought it was some sort of infiltration. People would have been suspicious. It would have been hard to believe. And Saul could have given up at that point, but no, he didn't. He decided that he would let his actions do the talking. People spoke about how boldly that he had spoken about Jesus. So so because of a life change, he didn't need to convince them with words because his actions spoke louder. I find that too many people try to tell other people that they're Christians, but they don't actually live like one. We need to let our actions speak. People will know us by our fruit, by the way we live, by the way we treat others. Sometimes I'm horrified when we're out in public sometimes and I might know someone and I see them treating the staff in a cafe really badly and you know that person, you know that they're a Christian and you just want to like run away, you're like really, really disgusted, things like that. People will know you by your actions. We need to live it out. Paul didn't need to prove it because they'd seen it. When you change, others will see it. Others will see it. Let your behaviour be a testimony to the change. Be like Paul and let your life be transformed and be different. That there is no doubt as to whether you've changed. Paul's not saying that he's made it. He makes that very clear. He says, I do not count myself to have taken possession. He knows that he's not made it. He's not perfect. He calls himself the chief of all sinners. So he's not saying that he's made it. None none of us have made it. But if we run in Christ, he will transform us as we run and as we surrender to him. And people will see it. 
Paul was determined and undeterred by the opinions of others. He didn't go off and cry in a corner. He didn't run away. He stood up because he believed what God had said to him. What has God said to you this morning? You need to start believing those words again and not the words of others. What has God told you to do? Are you doing it? Or are you deterred by the opinions of others this morning? Do you let them take you off course of your race? When you hear the voice of God, it doesn't matter what others say. Keep going. It will not be easy. It will not be easy. But perseverance will help you in the race. I was not a very good runner at school. In fact, I was pretty bad. <laughs> I was always in the last, you know, hated sprinting, was not very good at that either. But um, we did have a long distance race. And, um, and it was one of those races where a lot of people dropped out. But the only reason um, that I did well at those races was because I just was determined not to give up and to keep going. You don't have to be the best. You just have to be determined. You just have to not give up. You may not have all the gifts. You may not have all the skills. I, I was really short. I was small. I was not a good runner. But I was just determined not to give up. And people were surprised that I started passing people. Only because I was like, I'm not going to give up. And I had my eyes focused on that finish line. And I'm like, no matter what, I don't care how I get over that finish line, but I'm getting over it. I'm going to make it. I don't care how I get there. There will be times in your race where you'll walk. That's fine. Keep going forward. Keep moving forward. Sometimes you'll sprint. Sometimes you'll jog. Sometimes you'll walk. It's all good. Just keep going forward. Don't give up. Every race has a prize. Our prize is eternity. Our prize is the accolades of heaven. Our prize is something that this world cannot take away from us. That is worth more than anything in this world. We need to... Be faithful. We need to have resilience. Resilience and perseverance. 2 Timothy 1, sorry, 2 Timothy 4, 7. This is Paul speaking again. And this is coming towards the end of his life, which was not an easy one. He'd been beaten. He'd been persecuted shipwrecked, stoned, you name it, pretty much happened to him. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Now there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day And not to me only, but also to all those who love the appearing. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now 
I receive the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness. There is the crown of righteousness laid up for each one of us who finishes our race. You know, there's many times that I've felt like, I don't know if I can keep going. Especially over the last three years, people know that it's been very tough. And there's been moments of wanting to just give up. And you know what I do when I, when I see that, when I feel that? I look ahead. I look up. And I see the eyes of Jesus. And I focus on Him. And He says, you can make it. You can make it. You're going to get there. Keep running. Keep running. God is with you. He will see you through. He will see you through. He will. And you'll, and you'll, you'll come through it. You'll come through it. And you've got to remember who you're running for. And when you remind yourself of that, you remind yourself that you're running for Him and no one else. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what anyone else says. Doesn't matter who tries to take you out. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Because it says in Matthew 5, Blessed are they who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What a promise is that. Those that have been persecuted for righteousness, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. There is a promise for your life. There is a promise of hope. There is a promise of eternity. There is a promise. And, I, and the promise is all this will pass away. But your life will last forever. And we need to make it count. We have limited time. We have a high calling. And that high calling is Christ. That high calling is Him. That high calling is who He has called you to be, to be transformed into His likeness, to not worry about what this world says looks successful, but to remember that every success is found in Christ. Everything is found in Him. So we keep running because we know who we're running for and we know where we're running to. So let's reach ahead this morning. It says in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He wrote the book on your life. He wrote it and he will finish it. But you've got to give that book to him and you've got to let him write on those pages 
and you've got to stop letting other people write on your pages, right? Stop them from writing on your pages and only let him write on your pages. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Took me to about 30 years old. We didn't really have many mentors in our life to realise that I'd let the enemy write on the pages of my life. And I said, no more. You're not writing on my pages anymore. You don't get, to, you don't get a say. Jesus has the say in your life. You need to give it to him this morning. And if you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now so that you'll run your race strong because he's with you. He's with you. Let's just pray right now. Mighty God. Lord, in this place this morning, God, we just give you, we just give you allies. We give you the race that you called us to, Lord, that you would strengthen us to complete what you have called us to, that we would look to you in everything, God. This morning, if you, I'm going to give you an opportunity with every eye closed. If there is someone here that doesn't know Jesus, that hasn't asked him to come into their life, just lift up your hand this morning. I'm going to pray with you, give you that opportunity right now to start this year off with him, with him running with you, strengthening you, filling you up. That's you right now. Just lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Or maybe this, maybe today you're saying, you know, I haven't really run my, my race with Jesus. I've tried to do it on my own and I really want to run this year with Him. If that's you, just lift up your hand. I'm going to pray right now that you commit your race to Him, that you run it for Him and that He will strengthen you in that. In the mighty name of Jesus, let's just make that commitment this, today that we're going to do that that we're going to do what He's... So if that's you this morning, just lift your hand up just quickly and I'll acknowledge that and pray for you. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Is there anyone else who just wants to say, I want to live this year committed to running my race with Jesus. If that's you, just lift up your hand. That's awesome. Thank you. I just pray for you today. Amen. Lord God, I just pray for every person right now, Lord, that lifted their hand to you, Lord. God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you will be with them in their race, Lord, that you equip them, that you empower them and know that they are not alone, that you're with them every step, every step, Lord. You call them on to the finish line. Lord, we pray, let this be a brand new year. God, that we would walk in your ways, that you would complete your work in us, in each one of us, that we would be transformed into your likeness, Lord. To shine your light wherever we go. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for each new day. And we thank you for this year. We dedicate it to you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.